Hey guys, and welcome to season four of the Yes People podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rox, and in this season, we get to remember and reminisce back in time with some of our guests, like. Hey, we are Entity, and you're listening to the Us People Podcast with Savio Rocks. Peace. My name is Oni. I'm a producer engineer from Queens, New York. Hi, my name is James Green. I'm a TV presenter, sports reporter and journalist. Hi, this is Joy Langley and I'm the author of Navigating Stress. Hey, this is Travis Glossop. I am a creative radio producer for KISS FM and you're listening to the Us People Podcast with Savia Rocks. We highlight the strengths of our coaches talking about diversity and inclusion and speaking out loud and proud about who we are. I was never that good. <laughs> I was I was determined. I had a love for the sport and that always fueled me. At 49, I was seven, seven years post-divorce after 22 years and three kids of a marriage. And so I knew that I needed to figure out like what was happening for me and why was this so such a severe sort of uh, crack in my identity and how I showed up in the world. It's great. It's great. Uh, I'm glad because I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't really work that hard at uni. So it was good to leave uni and, and really like get on it, you know, really like, because I also as a person, I think I value I value productivity. A lot of people live to work. I think I am one of the work to live guys, but because my work is amazing, that's all right with me. You know, so as a person, I, I go to bed happy when I've had a productive day. We've also saved the best till last by honouring another artist and showcasing their talent as our new theme song with none other than your host, Savia Rocks, featuring in their song. So guys, enjoy, stay creative and as always, please continue to be kind to one another. Let's go. Ashley McDonough, the founder of Melanin on the Map, and you are listening to the Us People Podcast with Savia Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yes People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and before I introduce my guest, she is the CEO of Travel App and also a published journalist and producer. I want to welcome Ashley to the Us People podcast. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh no, you're most welcome. So my first question I always jump into and ask everyone is a little bit about their background so we can get to know who you are as a person. Yeah. Ashley, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what influenced you to be the person who you are today? Yes. So I am Ashley McDonough. I (laughs) am born and raised in Queens, New York. I am first generation American, actually. So both of my parents are from the Caribbean. And I think that definitely played a major, major role in my love for travel, my love for culture and really wanting to create a platform that connected and created those opportunities. Um, So my background is in production and journalism. I went to Howard University out in D.C., and I was a producer and journalist prior to becoming an entrepreneur. You know, yeah. I did all of it from the PA to the 
editor to everything I did. All. I learned so many things in that industry. It was amazing. It definitely helped me become an entrepreneur and be able to use those tools that I learned. And yeah. then I launched Melon on the Map, the travel app, the first travel app dedicated to people of color. So, yeah. Oh, well, how, how did that process all start for you? Because I know it was an idea and then from an idea you go into actual making it happen. So how was that for you actually starting it? Yeah, so it was definitely a long process mm-hmm. um, as far as like, I mean, you know, launching an app, especially since I didn't come from tech. I came from journalism yeah. and production. Yeah. So it was definitely a long process as far as like getting my developers, getting all of the, you know, the logistics out the way. Yeah. But I mean, again, I did use my journalism skills to kind of transcend into that. Yeah. So it worked in my favor, but I mean, it was definitely several steps. I mean, getting up, getting, you know, my trademark and getting all the logistics taken care of, finding the right developer to curate and code and all of that stuff. So it was a lot, but I mean, it worked out. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything that takes time always works out in the end. Right. For sure. Who and nothing, your... what is this, what's the saying? Um, nothing worth having is, is going to come easy or whatever. That's true. I was, I was so, saying yeah. that today. Yeah, <laughs> I, was talking to, I was talking to someone today about that. They said anything that comes easy will go fast. Yes. Yeah, it's true. And that's the thing. I learned so much along the way, you know, like that would not have happened if I didn't like go through everything that we went through. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Definitely. Who are your strongest influences? <laughs> it's okay. What was that? Who are you? <laughs> As long as it wasn't you falling on the floor, it's all right. (laughs) Uh, Who are some of the strongest influences in your life? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, My mother, my my grandmother. um, I love some of my college professors, but as far as like immediate, I would definitely say my mother, my grandma, my dad. Um, Seeing just... See, me being born and raised in Queens, New York, and having parents of Caribbean descent, I really count that as a blessing just because I had this bicultural experience kind of given to me. So I was able to see kind of people really work their way up to become successful. And like, I will be able to go back to the islands and see where my family came from and kind of see how they live and all that stuff. And it definitely fueled me to kind of just be even more ambitious and and like literally live my wildest dream. Oh, well, so tell me a little bit about where your journey began with journalism and being a producer, because that's the, a big part of your life. So tell me how that all started for you and, how how is the process even now while you're doing it? Yeah, so the process. I mean, it started. I went to I went to Howard, and when I studied um, broadcast journalism and sociology in college, so mm-hmm. it definitely. I think that's where it really. I became a published journalist while in college. Yeah. Um, and you kind of just have to like. It's so many steps into like becoming a published journalist. Like you have to really, really learn the craft. I think a lot of people nowadays. Everyone thinks they're like a commentator or they can just share their yeah. opinions or whatever, but it's really a craft. And I had to understand that while I was at Howard. So um, I think understanding all of that, learning all of that, going, doing all the internships and all of the, the jobs that I did while I was there at Howard and then post Howard, I think really just pushed it in that direction. As far as why I wanted to go into journalism is because I always knew I wanted to create content that really yeah. resonated with people. I wanted to yeah. inform them and allow them to make their own 
judgment and opinion. I just have always been keen on information and, and like providing that information to people. That's actually a really good answer. It's really nice to hear people wanting to give information to other people mm-hmm. to help them succeed in what they want to do. So yeah. let's talk more about journalism because I love journalism. Yeah. So how do you manage stress and tight Ooh. deadlines? Ooh, child, no. Uh, um, how do I manage stress? and tra- Okay, well, one thing I will say, and shout out to my professors at Howard University because, yeah. I mean... Honestly, it was literally so much. Hold on, let me just reply to this. Sorry. So it was literally so much that you have to learn. But one of the first things that they teach you is to understand how to hit those deadlines and understand how to really focus just on curating the content. You know, I think a lot of the times now journalists really look into like being, they, it's kind of more like a fan base type of thing. They're kind of straying away from actual information. And yeah. I think that is definitely one of the key things for journalism as far as stress and deadlines. I mean, it's just a part of the job. Like, you know, I think yeah. you understand the power that you hold in society because you are a tool, you're a resource for these people. And, yeah. and with that is going to come some stress, you know, because even the topics you have to touch they they get very very difficult especially here in the u.s i mean there's a lot going on right now in the world and it's difficult and it's it's a lot of things you really just kind of have to bite the bullet and understand you you're just here to deliver the information that's your only job so understanding that ahead of time it is not for the faint of heart i think journalism is an industry for a very specific type of person you do have to have tough skin you do have to be quick you have to be fast on your feet Um, deadlines are important. You know, one of the main things with journalism, I think, is you have to be first. You know, you have to have the information. It has to be accurate, but it has to be first. So, yeah, um, that would be that. How do you how do you make sure your your information is actually real facts is factual? How do you make sure that you're giving the right facts to the people? Yeah, well, um, definitely fact checking, fact checking for sure. Because yeah. I mean, there's so many you know, fabricated stories out there. So, I mean, you have to go to different resources knowing that it's credible wherever you're going. Like, you know, I, I mean, like I said earlier, like everyone's a journalist, you go on Instagram, everyone has a hashtag, everyone has a microphone. Like, no, you need to make sure that this is quality content and it's accurate because someone will take it and run with it and they will go and share the good news. And that's not what you want. So definitely you know, checking your sources, like fact check, go back and and look at different outlets and those type of things. You cannot just depend on one person and, you know, take that as fact. How do you know who to trust? Because especially if you're working within a team and it comes to being a journalist as well. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of journalists obviously work by themselves, Mm -hmm. but I know also a lot of journalists work in a team. How How do you trust your team to make sure that they're not giving the information out before you? Mm. Well, I think that really just depends on, that's really just about understanding the people that you're working with, you know, and I think, you know, there are some very shady people in that industry. So I think you do need to really kind of have this like sacred space when it comes to sharing stories and those things. Like you really do need to know who it is that you're working with and all friends, because you hear it all the time, people leaking a story or or whatever. Like you really, I think that goes into building out a quality team, which is also difficult, but you know, you have to kind of do your 
fact check on people too. So seeing, you know, their credentials, where they came from, is it really about the craft of journalism? Is it about the fame? Is it about the excitement? Like, what is it? Yeah, definitely. I understand that. How would you describe how you bring your culture Mm -hmm. into your work? Oh, I love that question. Um, Well, one, I will say I am fully aware that my culture is a large portion of like the person that I am today, just because of the unique experience that I had growing up with this bicultural experience. So I would say, I mean, it's in everything that I do. I think like the music we listen to, the food, the experiences overall, I know with the Melanin on the Map experiences, it had a very, very targeted Caribbean focus just because of where I come from. So even highlighting the music, like I said, highlighting the carnival experience that, you know, has become very Americanized because people see it because of the celebrities, but they don't really know what it represents. So I really wanted to create these type of experiences for people and show them, you know, how amazing that the Caribbean culture is. I think nowadays, again, with, with artists like Drake and DJ Khaled and, and, you know, they kind of, it becomes like a, like a phase, kind of like it's it's very fun. Everyone's, you know, you listen to the music, the accents and the parties and all that stuff, but it's a real deep-rooted culture that yeah. should be appreciated. So I definitely make sure that I emphasize my Caribbean culture in everything that I do. I love that. That's really good. How do you handle disappointment and how do you turn your disappointment, especially within work, into something positive so yeah. that you learn from it? Well, I mean, again, I think with anything, being an entrepreneur, being a businesswoman, just being a career woman professional at all, disappointment is going to come. You know, no's Mm -hmm. are going to happen. Things are not going to fall into place the way that you want and the time that you want. But you really need to understand the bigger picture. I think at the end of the day, everyone is going to be disappointed at one point or another in their lifetime. And you have to understand the bigger picture. Like, why did you start? Like, what was the reason for this? Because one little note is not going to just have you, like, close up shop forever. So I think you have to – it kind of becomes a part of the process. Like, it's not going to be perfect. It never will. But when you understand that disappointment comes, then you kind of can maneuver accordingly because it's expected. You know, you use that disappointment to fuel you to go harder, be more ambitious, to, um, to shift and pivot or however you need to do it. But just understand there's a bigger goal at hand. Yeah, most definitely. You've had some work experience and some really big establishments i wrote some of them down which was billboard Mm -hmm. the hollywood reporter um essence magazine and Mm -hmm. ebony yes but if you could choose one that gave you the most uh here we go (laughs) if you could choose (laughs) if you could choose one that you feel had given you the most value in experience Mm -hmm. and learning which one would you choose um if i had to choose one of my past work experiences that really, really, really brought me the most value, I would have to say, I feel like you're going to know what I'm saying, um, but I would have to say Essence Magazine. Of course. Of course. I would have to say Essence Magazine. And honestly, because of the the history, you know, as a black woman, Essence Magazine has been a staple of my entire life. Like that was where you saw you, you know, as a kid on the covers and everything. So working for a magazine like that, it definitely, 
it, it confirmed everything I thought about the magazine prior to it. Um, yeah. just seeing all this black excellence, you know, seeing all these amazing black women run the show and kind of just like create this amazing content. So it was a great experience. I'm still contracted with Essence, so I still do write for them. Um, but it was an amazing experience just because of the type of stories that we got to produce. It was a lot of freedom there. I, all of the the stories that I covered, I did on my own. So it wasn't like a lot of the other companies I work for, they would ask you to write this type of story or do that type of story. The stories that I would do for Essence were, those were women who I wanted to interview. Those are women who I thought needed to be featured. So there was a lot of freedom there. The editors are amazing and they really, really do value the, I guess, everything that Essence embodies, you know, the yeah. black excellence, the black love, the just everything that now has become so, it's like a phase now. It's like, oh, it's cute, like black love, black everything. But Essence has been doing that for years. So I think it would definitely be Essence. It was an amazing experience there for sure. Definitely. I thought, <laughs> I actually had it underlined there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to choose that one. <laughs> what one thing do you wish you knew before you went into the industry? Journalism or entrepreneurship? Oh, that's a good one for me, actually. <laughs> I would say journalism. Okay. One thing I wish I knew before I went into journalism, hmm, I would say really understanding the craft and really understanding what you want out of it. So when you go into an industry like journalism, there are so many different paths you can take. And I think people go in and they're, they're lost and overwhelmed. It's kind of like really understanding because like, if you want to be a hard news journalist and you want to focus on hard news and stories and, and, and like the war and politics and all these things, then you need to understand like that is a path that you need to take in itself. I think you have to, you have to perfect that craft. If you want to focus on entertainment and you want to do red carpets and, and host podcasts and all these things, that is a very specific craft as well. So I think understanding all the different paths and then moving accordingly because if you focus on one thing and then you end up doing another thing one you won't be passionate about it meaning you will not be good at it and then you may think that you're not a good journalist but that's not the case it's just not your passion and not the craft that you are supposed to be doing so I think understanding that and then really really doing the work like I did so many internships I was writing for everyone and when I because I wanted to be a published journalist like I had a very very specific goal um so do the work, you know, like meet the people, connect with the people, network, do all those things. Like it is an amazing industry, but you have to do the work. Like it had that you can't beat the system with journalism. You have to do the work and you have to move your way up the ladder, but really focus on your craft and what you're passionate about because it will move you up that ladder way faster. I like that. That's a really, really good answer. Do you feel that women are treated differently to men when Mm. it comes to journalism? And when it comes to being a producer, because this is something that I really wanted to talk about, Mm -hmm. because a lot of women that I talk to say, yes, women are treated different. But what is your opinion on this? Yes, I would definitely agree with that. I think women are treated differently in majority of the industries, for one. But with journalism, I think, you know, 
journalism is a very specific craft, like I said. But I definitely do believe that women are treated differently differently than men in journalism for the simple fact that a lot of times people don't take women serious, you know, especially yeah. in those industries. They don't think that they're educated enough or they don't have enough experience in, in these type of things. And men may not be viewed like that in those spaces. So, yeah. of course, again, it depends on the type, type of journalism. I mean, again, there's so many different types, but I think for sure, you know, I think you have to really fight your way through. You kind of have to prove that you belong here as a woman in journalism. It's like for other, for men, I think sometimes it's just kind of expected, but for a woman, you kind of have to prove, yeah, well, I went to school and I did this and I worked here and it's kind of, then you're like a value in those spaces. Okay. And I don't think that's the same for men. Yeah, I've, when I when I look at a lot of businessmen, I see that it seems a lot easier for them mm-hmm. to be able to get where they need to get to because men and men just have their egos. Right. Not saying that men are not cool, but they have their right. egos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's bring education into this now. Mm-hmm. So do you think that education is enough for you to be able to get to where you need to get to in life? Or do you feel that talent is enough to be able to get to where you would like to get to? Or do you feel that you need to have a combination of the two Mm. to enable you to get further in life? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. Um, I think, one, it definitely depends on what you want out of your life. You know, I went to college. I mean, I my Howard experience was amazing. I loved it. Highly Mm. recommended. However... That was my decision for me and what I wanted out of life. I think people, you can absolutely become successful and wealthy and all these things without going to college. But I think the reason why I think college is so important is because of, of course, the experience overall, I think is mainly the experience, everything that it teaches you about independence and like how to really maneuver in this world, all of these things you're taught in college. So academics, I think is just a portion of it. So that's just one section. Um, But I think it's a combination. I think, you know, quality, like real talent can get you places that your degree may not and vice versa sometimes. So I think it it depends on what you want out of life for entrepreneurs. You know, you may not need a degree, but however, if you are going to go into business, you may want to have certain skills that will push you in the right direction. So I think college is definitely, definitely important. It would teach you so many things, but I completely understand why people choose not to go if it's not in their path talk to me a little bit about entrepreneurship because Mm -hmm. we know you're an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. right but talk about being an entrepreneur and success because they mean two completely different things yes but how would you define what entrepreneurship is Mm -hmm. and what success is to you oh these questions oh my goodness Um, okay. So how I would define entrepreneurship. So I think, I would say entrepreneurship is curating a business, a space, a platform on your Mm -hmm. own terms. And Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, um, to me, it has to bring a value to some, something else. So I don't know if that's necessarily in the definition of it, but to me, I don't think unless you're bringing value to someone else or something or there's a reason for this, that is what I would see entrepreneurship is. People love it and they glamorize it because of the freedom. You know, you can do what you want, when you want, all these things. And it's great. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. People don't see that portion of it. So that's Mm -hmm. what I would define that as. Success to me is ultimate 
freedom and happiness, whatever that looks like to you. So the reason why I think people think they're one and the same is because of that freedom aspect that entrepreneurship gives. However, you may be an entrepreneur and you still may be stressed all the time, overworking yourselves all the time and all these things. So I think it really is an individualistic kind of viewpoint and opinion. But I think success overall is just ultimate happiness. Like you get to do what you want on your own terms that, and you know, you've curated that lifestyle for yourself. So whatever that may look like, I don't think entrepreneurship is for everyone. That doesn't mean success and happiness is not true. That's how I view the two. I love that. That's really good. Tell me about a time when you overcame an obstacle in your life or at work, Mm. but then you used your passion to help you heal from that, to make you a better person? Hmm. Okay. So this one is a great, great story. And I don't think I've actually ever publicly told this story on like a platform, but basically um, it was kind of relatively more recent because when I left my last producer role to become a full-time entrepreneur, I was in a very, very toxic work environment. And it was just a lot. Like I was the only black woman, but aside from that, it was just a lot of like favoritism, real clicky kind of Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it was just, and it was to me, it's like, all right, I'm too old to be entertaining these type of job settings and things like that. But it was just a, a lot. But basically amidst all of that, I was launching my business on the side, probably just, just launch. And I was like going to work every day in this very toxic environment. I hated it. I was overworked. I was stressed out. I I was commuting like an hour. It was just, I was burnt out. And I really got to a point where I was just kind of like, it's not worth it. And there was so many several issues at that job, but there was a, a point where we had to actually report the person in charge. And it was just a lot of stress. But amidst all of that, I was just really fixated on my business. Like, I think understanding, like, this is what I was passionate about. It really kept me from going crazy at that job and allowed me to leave peacefully with my sanity. So I think really understand, like, and that's why I really am a strong advocate that you should be passionate about something. Like, if you're not lucky enough to have that as your profession, then it should be whatever, but it should bring you some type of happiness because life gets crazy, life gets stressful, and you need something that can take you out of that. So me being passionate about travel, me being passionate about launching my business, it kind of just like blurred out all of the craziness that was happening at my nine to five. And then Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I was able to walk away from that situation. Oh, wow. I know a lot of people who have toxic work. Mm -hmm. I'll work in every day in a toxic place. And someone said to me, it's so draining. It is. It's so taxing. Like you feel like it's like, it's, it's a heaviness about it. It's like you wake up, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this again. And then it's like a, it's like you have to fake a smile you have to, it's just like so draining. By the time you get home, you're exhausted. Like you're mentally and physically drained. Like, and people don't understand like energy is real. So when you're in a bad toxic energy space, it will deplete you a hundred percent. Yeah, most definitely. I always say, like I said this on a podcast before, I always say to people, how you treat me is a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. How I treat you is a reflection of myself. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, you know the type of people you're going to deal with by the way they treat you. Yeah. And it's so important in a work environment, but it's really, really hard. When was the last time you tried something new? 
So hot one. I know. Because the thing is, I'm a very spontaneous person, so I'm always quick to try something new. But to me, it's probably like a food or something. Like, I'm I'm like, I'll try like, you know, because I travel a lot. So maybe maybe a food or something that I haven't had in a while. Like, I went to St. Lucia a couple weeks ago. That's where I'm from. Are you from St. Lucia? Mm -hmm. Really? Seriously. Oh, my God. I have a small world. <laughs> so small. My mom's from Dominica, which is like oh. 20 minutes away. And my dad's hey, from Jamaica. Hey, fit. So, yeah. Um, so probably like a food, like the national dish there or something. Probably something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. A small world for real. Yeah. It is a small world. Okay. <laughs> uh, what have you overcome that has changed your way of thinking and interacting with people? I will say... I think as a black woman, mm-hmm. one way or another, you will face some type of discrimination, wherever, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So I think in those different instances, I definitely now maneuver in a different manner with different types of people. And I yeah. do credit Howard for really instilling that in us because, like, at Howard, you know, it's a black school but full of black excellence and all these things. And they always tell you, like, these are the only four years that you will really feel this, this pride, this. So embrace it, but understand, take these tools and take it with you. So I think understanding those different types of discriminations that I may have dealt with, I just maneuver with people differently. Like you said about the reflection of you, I kind of Mm -hmm. meet people where they are and I just under, and I just move with them in that space, you know? So I think some people are not as, educated they're not as woke they're not they're not there yet and that's not up to me to get them there so I meet people where they are and I deal with them accordingly and then I choose how I interact with those people and for how long of those interactions will last for but I literally I think that's that's one thing that I definitely do for sure I like that what what is the one thing or what is the what are you most proud of that you stand for as a human Oh, I am, hmm, these questions. I am most (laughs) proud. I'm like, I have to dig deep. Okay. Um, I am most proud of, honestly, accomplishing everything that I, I would, I said I was going to accomplish and like literally like going after it. I think a lot of people say things and they don't really go and get the things that they say. I'm not that person. I think I'm proud to say whether sink or swim, like I did it. Like, you know, I, everything, you know, the college that I went to, the places I choose to live, the businesses I choose to start, like everything is kind of like, I really, really focus on what God, the the gifts God has given me and really kind, trying to just fulfill whatever the purpose is that he placed on my life. So understanding that and like walking in my purpose, those would probably be my greatest accomplishments. I like that. What would you do differently if nobody was judging you? If nobody was judging me, what would I do differently? I probably would have just became an entrepreneur straight out of college. <laughs> honestly, I think I was, I mean, honestly, I believe everything is in God's timing. So everything True. worked accordingly, like specifically yeah. to the people that I met. I met like, it's so specific that how God is so strategic in my life that the people that I met who played pivotal parts in my business, I would not have met them unless I was in corporate America. 
So these are Fair people enough. who made the logos for my business and people who did like pivotal, pivotal things. And even like the name of my business, I wouldn't have met these people if I wasn't in corporate America. So like, I understand that, but I think if no one was judging, I would have probably just did it from the beginning. I would have saved time, saved money and just did it. Yep. But, I, but I don't have any regrets though. I definitely don't. Everything is an experience in life. So right. I would always say to people, never have a regret about everything because it's a lesson. Right. It's exactly. a lesson in life. For sure. When was the last time you remember feeling at peace with yourself? Hmm. I would like to say I'm at peace now. I like that. I would like yeah. to, yeah, I would like to. The thing is, I think I'm always constantly growing. I think we're constantly changing all that stuff. But I'm at yeah. peace with my life the way that it is, the decisions that I made. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm definitely at peace with that. That's good enough, yeah. If you could choose one quote that represents you as a person, what quote would you choose and why would you choose that particular quote? Well, I would use a, a Bible verse. Um, which okay. is my favorite, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I actually have it tattooed on my wrist here. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I would definitely use that just because I think that quote, no matter where you're from, what you represent, that resonates with everyone. I think, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like, I think we all have different paths. We all come from different places. And we all True. experience different traumas and ex- just different things that happen in life. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Like God has never, ever left my side. And I would definitely, I live and die by that. Like God is and will forever be the end all be all. And he literally orders all my steps. So I yeah. would, that's what would be my quote. I love that. If there was one song that was the soundtrack of your life, this is a difficult one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because everyone, everyone, everyone stays stuck on this one. If there was one song that was the soundtrack of your life, what song would you choose and why would you choose that particular song? Yes. Okay. I would say I was here by Beyonce. Okay. Yeah. I would say oh. I was here by Beyonce just because I think that song. Just because that song, it really, it just resonated with me always. It's kind of like, you know, you do all these great things and all that stuff, but like I was here, like when it's all said and done, when I have my children, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, like you really want to leave a legacy. And that's kind of what I've always been fixated on is legacy. I, I don't believe we're just sent here in this world to live and die and that's it like you are supposed to leave something behind and I was here that represents like you know I lived I loved like I literally lived every single day to the fullest you know I loved life I loved people and like I left a legacy behind so I think that would be the song my soundtrack If you were stuck on a desert island and you were allowed to bring one person Mm -hmm. who has inspired you and influenced you throughout your whole life, who would you bring to that island? Um, I would bring my mom. Oh, of course. Yes. I would definitely bring my mom. My mom, you know, I've always been inspired by my mother just because she... Everything like understanding like now as an adult, I think mm-hmm. you you view things differently. So yeah. when I'm like 
talking to her now as an adult and seeing the things that she may have experienced at my age, it's like, oh, wow, like, I could have never, or it's like, oh, wow, I couldn't, you know? Like, even understanding that my parents came here as immigrants, you know, they didn't even have papers, and they had the nerve yeah. to be working in corporate America. Like, every day was a risk. <laughs> like, literally, like, understanding that, like, you, you have such a high respect for them because it's like, can you imagine, like, you're you're still trying to get an education, you're still yeah. in college, you're working two jobs, but you can be deported at any given moment. Yeah. And it's like, that is, you're living in fear constantly, and you still have to continue to build out this legacy. And, you, you know, you want to love, and you want to have kids, and you want to do all these things, but at the same time, you kind of have this on your shoulder, like, you know? And if it was different then, it's still, it's different now, but I think just all of that, I mean, to, to have kind of the street smart to know how to do it and then kind of have that determination to do it, become legal, do all these things. Like, you know, I think that is definitely something that has inspired me about my mother for as long as I can remember. She's always been a very self-made woman. Like my mom never need, like she just kind of just gets it done. You know, she's very, yeah. very sweet, very kind, way more patient than I am or ever will be. But, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, I think she is amazing. Oh, I love that. That's really cool. If you had an unlimited amount of money mm -hmm. and you could change the industry, so it could be producing, it could be journalism, it could be the app world, because you're in all of them. Mm -hmm. How would you change each one of those industries to make it better, knowing that you have the power and the money to do so? Mm -hmm. In the journalism industry, I would let minority voices be heard to the masses because I think the media controls the masses. We all know that. And the reason that is, is because of the types of journalists there are, the types of writers there are, all of these things play a part. So if yep. we shifted who is telling these stories, you will shift the narrative for everything else. So I think that is the main thing that they need to focus on. Well, you know, if I, if I had the, the resources to do that, I think it would definitely be just kind of shifting who the, the stories are told by, because that will ultimately change everything else. As for the app world and the, the entrepreneur world and business world, I think letting women's voices be heard more yeah. just because I, you know, that industry, the tech world is very, very male dominated. And I mm -hmm. know that women can bring a different feel to that industry just because of just who we are. So I think a lot of things would be different. Even our major apps and things that we use on a daily, they would be very different if women kind of dominated that industry, just kind of the, the stories that were told, the, the placement of these apps, like the way that it maneuvers. I think women, they bring a specific touch to these things. So I think that would, that would definitely be how I would change that side. I like that. That's really cool. What advice would you give to people now who want to go in a similar industry that you're in? Because you have you have multiple talents. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to people who want to go in journalism, producing, um, the app world? Uh, what support would you tell them to help them go further in their life and continue to do what they love, especially if they feel like they haven't got the support or lack of funds or struggling in a nine to five? What would you say to them? say definitely do your research you know I think people they say they want to do all these things and everything and it's great to dream but you really need to do your research on on how to get it done and yeah. and doing your research also kind of lets you know if you even really want to do it 
you know, yeah. in my journalism, I knew I didn't want to be a reporter because I had a heart. Like, I think <laughs> reporters are so, it gets real gruesome. It's kind of like, you know, they're, they're just like someone's son just died and they're, they're like, oh, well, how does it feel? It's just kind of like, it's very, very, it's just, it, it was just not what I wanted because I knew I had a heart. I knew I couldn't chase those stories. I knew the type of stories I wanted to create and produce and all those things. So, um, but doing my research did that, putting me in these internships and, and, you know, all of those things, it allowed me to, to understand that's not what I want to do. So, um, I would say definitely do your research, but also don't be timid. Try it all. Like literally go out and do it because it's very possible. If I was able to do it and all of the different industries that I was able to do it in, anybody can do it. You know, all you yeah. really need to do is you have to be dedicated to getting it done. You have to really, really want it because again, it does not come easy. There's nothing easy about being a journalist. There's nothing easy about being an entrepreneur. Like you have to want it and you have to be dedicated to it. And one thing about entrepreneurship, the reason why you have to be so dedicated to it is because no one is going to tell you to. That's the real thing. That's, I think the most difficult thing about being an entrepreneur is the accountability. If you don't have that self-accountability, entrepreneurship is not for you because no yeah. one's going to tell you, okay, 10 o'clock meeting. Okay. This is due at five. You have to do it on your own and you have to figure out and you have to delegate how it gets done. So I think that. Um, understanding these these skills about yourself, and if you don't already have them, finding a way to get them on an off-ramp. So I think definitely just remaining dedicated for all industries, doing your research for sure, and you really just have to want it because it's absolutely obtainable. You just have to really, really put yourself out there to get it. I love that answer. I hope that gives the listeners something to, to work towards because it's really important that is finally my last question for you is how can we find you on all your social medias and if anybody would like to get in contact with you to talk to you about anything that they've heard on the Ask People podcast how can they get in contact with you? Yeah so you can follow me on social at Ashley A-S-H-L-E-Y underscore mm-hmm. Milani M-I-L-A-N-I yes um, or you can just Google <laughs> Ashley Mal- I have to make sure I'm spelling it right and then <laughs> Um, melanin on the map on all social as well or you can just like google ashley mcdonough and you know my links will come up but yes definitely get connected on all fronts i'm always you know in the dms i get a bunch of questions and emails Um, we have a team of travel agents so we're literally expanding by the day of showing people how to really monetize from travel showing people that there are so many different types of careers that they had no idea existed so definitely get connected for sure and we're global as well so if you are out there in the uk we do have agents in the uk as well so yeah See, I like that. Ashley, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Us People thank podcast. You so much. Um, this is so much fun. <laughs> oh, cool. No worries at all. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Us People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please follow us also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also donate to the Us People podcast through the Savvy Rocks website or just type in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast thank you for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another Peace of mind.
protect my energy and peace of mind. Gotta keep my energy and peace of mind. Peace of mind. Peace of mind. People say that having a peace of mind is trying to find a consistency of calmness within ourselves to crave for a clarity that drives us through our emotional journey of life to never let a person's judgment manifest into a fear inside of us learning to believe in our ability to shine through the darkest moments and tunnels when we cannot see the light patience being our light for forgiveness and strength to believe in our destiny if you want real peace of mind one needs to stop fighting their inner thoughts and embrace them with love because love is the most amazing and beautiful strength that we have to conquer our peace of mind make your thoughts impact a nation by keeping them true and honest especially to yourself but make your peace of mind protect you when you don't have strength to embrace anything else find your peace of mind by listening to your heart one thing about entrepreneurship, the reason why you have to be so dedicated to it is because no one is going to tell you to. That's the real thing. That's, I think the most difficult thing about being an entrepreneur is the accountability. If you don't have that self-accountability, entrepreneurship is not for you because no one's going to tell you, okay, 10 o'clock meeting. Okay, this is due at five. You have to do it on your own. No, that's true. Definitely. Who are your strongest influences? It's okay. Who are you? <laughs> As long as it wasn't you falling on the floor, it's all right. 